Welcome to Uncontained, episode 99. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and Happy New Year. Hope everybody had a great holiday season, and uh, unfortunately, there aren't any more days off of work coming up anytime soon, well, at least for another month, but I have some good news for you. I have more Uncontained episodes coming your way. Yes, I'm keeping them coming all the way through 2018, and this week I have musician John Koa on the show. Uh, we talk about his writing process and why lyrics are his biggest challenge when it comes to completing a song, along with the importance of finding a good mentor. And uh, we also talk about uh, a product that he's launching. Actually, it's a website slash service for musicians called the Songwriter Channel, where it is to give advice and also resources for musicians to help find an alternative way to get their music heard. The Songwriter Channel is in its beginning stages and is looking for contributors. So if you're interested, please look in the show notes and find John's Facebook and Twitter information and uh, connect with him that way. Let him know that you want to help and contribute to the site. Also, I am currently working on getting new designs launched for tpublic.com, new uncontained merch. Uh, right now, we have a cool design up there right now with the uncontained logo. You can get t-shirts, you can get mugs. I heard I heard from a few people the premium fabric is the way to go. It's a little bit smoother and uh, it just feels better on the skin. So I heard from a few people that the premium fabric is the way to go. It's smoother and feels better on the skin. So if you have the couple extra dollars to spend to get the premium t-shirts, it is recommended by uncontained uh, listeners and people who have got merch from TeePublic. I've made it super easy for you to get to my storefront on TeePublic. All you got to do is go to my uncontained page on Facebook and click the shop now button at the top of the page. I will take you there. And I don't want to keep you waiting any longer for this next episode. So let's just jump right into it. This is musician and songwriter John Koa. Welcome to the show, John. And how are you doing today? Hi, Aaron. How's it going? Oh, it's going great, man. Uh, thanks for joining me today. And uh, I know you had a show last night. How was it turn out for that? Actually, it was a really great show. There were a lot of people there. I was playing at um, the Portofino Hotel um, in Redondo Beach, uh, and uh, it was cool. I mean, it was it was pretty packed, so it was it was a great show. All right, great man, great. Uh, so you grew up out east, as you mentioned. Uh, grew up in Virginia. Uh, who were some of your influences out there before you moved to California? Yeah, I mean, that that's a great question. Um, I would say I had many influences growing up, and the influences came very young. I remember um, Led Zeppelin was a really big one. I mean, I remember um, being on an airplane by myself. I spent a lot of time traveling as a kid, um, and uh, I had these headphones in, and I remember uh, it was uh, a Zeppelin song came in. I'm trying to think of what song it was. Your Time Is Gonna Come. Okay. And I remember, I guess it was it was mixtapes back then. So who the hell knows who made this tape for me? But uh, <laughs> that song came in, and I was like, man, it just sounded so good. The acoustic guitars sounded so good, and I just remember, like, man, this is just unbelievable. 
And um, so that was a big one. Jackson Brown was a big influence for me as a kid. Okay. Uh, my, my older sister was a huge Jackson Brown fan. And um, I loved uh, David Lindley, what David Lindley um, brought on fiddle and slide guitar to Jackson Brown was unreal to me. So um, I had a lot of a lot of early influences. Um, and uh, and yeah, certainly kind of 70s music really I, I really took to that. Okay, so the 70s music kind of got you into it. Um, now, I do know, like, through, say, Dave Grohl's, like, Sonic Highway for the Foo Fighters, there were, mm -hmm. they're developed to be kind of a punk scene, like, in the D.C. area. Did you get involved in that at all? There was there was a punk scene. I remember there was a little before my time. I, I remember um, Fugazi. Those okay. guys came out of there, but I was, I was pretty young. Um, I think... Um, for me, it was more, um, it kind of, it, a little bit, I imagine it might have, well, grunge was big. So okay. grunge, but I think grunge was kind of big, like coast to coast, you know, or worldwide or something. So the, the Seattle scene really kind of moved across the country. And, um, and, and I remember Chris Cornell, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. That was the stuff that everyone was listening to. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Beck came on the scene. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty good music scene. This was in Northern Virginia in um, Fairfax, so it was, it was pretty cool. Okay, so you mentioned like Led Zeppelin, and those bands were kind of your influences as a kid. Like hearing them on the plane kind of got you into music, and they are—they have some really good lyrics, some really great guitar, and uh, great uh, musicianship there. What yeah. aspects of the grunge scene uh, captured your attention? Because a lot of grunge, you know, it's power chords and stuff yeah. like that. So it's not going to stimulate the same thing, say, as Led Zeppelin did for you. So what was the aspect of grunge that caught your attention? Um, well, I think that some of the grunge, I mean, if you listen carefully, like, um, uh, to some of the Pearl Jam stuff, I mean, it, I mean, their guitar playing is, is pretty fucking phenomenal. Like, um, that first album 10, um, if you listen to that through headphones, I mean, it is amazing guitar playing throughout that whole album. So it wasn't totally, you know, exactly like Led Zeppelin, but, um, certainly the guys were losing themselves in the moment like Zeppelin was and you could okay. see it was all you could really see it was all about the music you could feel it I mean in those songs um uh you know even I think um I remember there was a um uh, there was a Pearl Jam song I don't I don't even know what album it was on I think it was a single Crazy Mary I think it was oh yes I'm... amazing yeah amazing stuff so that that stuff really affected Okay, great, man. Uh, I was just wondering what feel it was, if it was a different change in, uh, you know, the attitude or something, because I like grunge kind of came in when everything got way too glam and body glitter and spandex and just kind of basically, you know, a clean slate for the music industry or changing the direction that it was going. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, definitely there's an appeal there. I think that um, the, you don't want to, yeah, because it wasn't as polished, right? So yeah. like grunge, grunge was a little bit rough around the edges. I think that that stuff's really moving for people. You know, it's like, 
Um, I, I don't, I just think that, yeah, it's just kind of more real, like less, less produced, not as, not as heavily polished. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that like everyone, um, that stuff really just sounded amazing and people were impressed, you know, it was sort of like no, no smoke and mirrors, no tricks. And, um, it seemed to go, go back to the music a little bit, you know, it kind of like in the eighties, like you said, things were getting really kind of polished and glitzy and yeah, definitely. Like yeah. in a way, I think it was much needed for grunge, but then eventually grunge was the beginning of like, say the death of the rock star because it wasn't cool to be, you know, all glitzy and glamoury and like have the spotlight on just one person it was like kind of the anti-rock star which in a way i i don't know it was needed at the time but what what are your opinions on how that affected music well i i agree with 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 everything you're saying i i will say that for me personally i was not someone that really kind of um latched on to like you know a movement you know and felt that i i need to be a part of this and and the message and all that shit i was really into the music like really i was not i was not operating on that level like um i think people that are into punk and and certain types of music it, it's very anthemic you know i don't know if that's a word but you know they're kind of in, into what it stands for i really wasn't i would okay. really, i would get into the notes and and the music and the melody and the beat and the rhythm and the progression and all that stuff was really powerful to me like that was so much deeper than what what a band stood for um but having said that i think i probably was gravitating towards bands that were like authentic you know and and not maybe not thinking about it but just like that feels good you know nirvana that feels good for me um or pearl jam that feels good or or those types of things without without thinking about it as much you yeah. know but the music sounded amazing. And I remember like Smashing Pumpkins. It's like, I didn't even know what they were singing about. Like, <laughs> I can't really pinpoint what they were doing for me lyrically, but I know the music sounded amazing. I guess that album Gish was like, was pretty, was pretty amazing. Um, uh, yeah. So for me, I, I, I get into the feeling of it, you know, big time. So, like, what is it that triggers that feeling from those bands, whether it's grunge, whether it's punk, whether it's, like, Bruce Springsteen or something like that? What is it that gets you into the music and makes you invest your time? That's a, that's a really good, you know, it, it kind of comes back a little bit to kind of what I, what I do when I play on stage, which is, um, it's like surfing a moment, you know, and if the person singing and the person playing is maybe I I guess losing themselves a little bit I probably gravitate towards that without even really knowing it's kind of like a maybe like a vibrational frequency kind of thing you don't really realize what's happening like Bruce Springsteen is the master at that you know it's kind of being in the moment I've never seen anyone as connected to the moment uh you know Bruce Springsteen has like a is I think yeah I saw like a live storytellers yeah it's like one of the it was like one of the most amazing I've, there's lots of people though neil young i mean these guys are um you know that you don't get much better than some of these guys and um they're just in the moment and uh i think that that it feels good for me you know like when i'm listening to it um it just feels like it resonates with me and um 
I can't, I can't put to, I can't give it that much thought beyond that. I, as to, as to pinpointing what it is, but I definitely know that, um, it's maybe a, a kind of, um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a kind of dedication or, de, or devotion to the music or focus. You know, these yeah. artists bring a level of focus to what they're doing. That is just, it's really captivating for me. You do originals and covers. So yeah. as a musician, what is it that inspires you about a song? We'll start with covers. What is it that inspires you to cover a song? Um, let me think about this. I think that uh, I could start with the artists themselves. Um, you know, there's there are some artists that resonate with me frequency-wise, like Peter Gabriel is one. Okay. Paul Simon. And so I kind of feel comfortable playing their music. I feel very, very comfortable, very at home with that. And um, I mean, I also kind of go for like clear melodies, okay. you know, um, probably, you know, just real simple stuff, you know, like, um, and, and it's all about feeling, you know, like how I feel playing it, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, I don't know, there's a certain vibe or certain energy that a person brings. It just makes me like them. I like who they are. I like their music. <laughs> I like what they do. So that kind of thing. Okay. All right. So now let's switch modes just a second. As a songwriter, what gets you inspired to write a song? Yeah, I've, I've written a lot of stuff kind of just in the moment. Like I just sort of pick up a guitar and I'm messing around with it. And I'm like, oh, you know, that sounds pretty cool. And most of the songs start with the music. I don't know if some writers, I presume some writers start with the lyrics or the words. I start with the music. And if I don't have lyrics to it, that song's going to stay unfinished and unwritten for, for forever until I can find what it is that I want to say. You know, um, you know, Tom Petty said, you know, you got to have something to write about. Yeah. You know, and so it's life experience, you know, and, and you try to... Um, you try to write something that's going to be meaningful to more than just yourself, like kind of has some sort of a, a common thread to people, to, to all people or to humans that they can kind of latch onto. I don't know. I feel very fortunate when I have a song and I, and I feel like it, it resonates with people because it's, it's, um, it can be a rare thing sometimes. And, um, I will say this. So I tend to have a back, I have way more music at any one time yeah and i have lyrics to accompany the music so the the lyrics is that's the bottleneck you know what i mean like is is the is the lyrics if i were able to just write more lyrics but i feel pretty good about where i'm at you know it's like the, the i've i wrote i just finished four albums okay wow i haven't recorded them well i've actually they're already been they've been demoed and um and I'm planning on releasing them uh, soon. And it's four volumes. It's like a it's a complete set of things I've written for like the last 20 years, um, uh, tightened and polished up and uh, cleaned up in terms of like lyrically. You know, some of the lyrics have evolved and grown. Okay. I mean, some of the song, some of the songs which I started writing when I was in my 20s are still there, but the lyrics have changed a little bit, and that's real nice. So that's what I'm working on now. Okay, so you said it's a four-volume set. Is that all going to come out at once, or is it going to be spread out? I wanted to do it all at once. I'm talking to people, and they're like, "Nah, you got to do volume one. 
and then and then and then later release volume. So probably I will be talked into doing them separately. But it would be cool to release them all at once. But I remember, um, yeah, I, I'll probably do them one at a time. It would be cool to release them all at once like you want to, but I can see the reason why a lot of people are telling you to do a, like volume one, then release volume two, uh, because the way from guests that I've talked to, the way the music industry is going, it's more like single based, it, going back to a single base where it's like they release a single at a time to kind of stay in the minds of people and instead of waiting a year to drop another CD or something. You, you get the buzz for a week or two and then or a month or so or however long that cd's buzz lasts and then you know people are like when are they going to put out something new when are they going to put out something new so like putting out volume one then volume two it kind of lengthens the time that people are talking about you and you know there's buzz about your music instead of dropping everything at once yeah you're right yeah i i would agree with that so it like to go back to your lyrics or songwriting, it appears that lyrics are very important to you because it seems that's what takes you the longest to write. Yeah. What's important about the lyrics to you? I'll tell you this. When I hear a song on the radio and I don't like the lyrics, even if the music's great, I turn it off. I think that, I think that lyrics need to be, um, they really need to help people um, find what's best in humanity and in the world around them. Because otherwise, what are you doing? Brainwashing yourself into negativity. You know what I mean? If you're not doing that, you know, and so, because think about it, how many, how many times do we listen to a song? You know what I mean? And sing it and hum it. So it's, it's really like pretty darn important to make sure that you are um, writing something worth being repeated by someone else okay and so in that sense um yeah i mean i've i've i think that that is really important i think it's important for the human race actually i mean I'm, i don't go out of my way to be like positive quote unquote positive um but i certainly i i might look at a line and say you know i don't want to i don't want to sing that over and over again how many times do i have to sing that miserable line that makes me feel you know i want to feel good like or at least i don't want to be in that space if something is kind of you know just not clicking with what i aspire to to be or to or what with what i aspire to so um you know I, I do i am aware of the weight of music and art in general on people it's rich pretty it's very powerful stuff yeah so um basically you want to put a vibe out there that matches the vibe you want to feel. I, I, I want to feel, I mean, sometimes the stuff is like, you know, the, the songs are, are like autobiographical or biographical. So in that sense, it's not really aspirational. It's, you know, you're telling a story or whatever, you're explaining something, but hopefully, you know, you can hold it outside yourself, a song and look at it from a certain, you know, space away a certain distance right and be able to to offer something kind of crystallized for okay. people or, or distilled into something worth something worth worth sharing um if you're too in the thick of of, a, of an emotion um 
how are you going to write about it in any kind of an effective way? Then that's then you're just lashing out. You know, <laughs> you you really want to have a song that is reflect at least reflective in some way, and so that's that's the key and the challenge and the challenge. Yeah, it does seem like a big challenge, and in a way, it seems like a big responsibility. So, what is what is the reason you write songs? Why why do you write music? What is the purpose? I think um, I think that um, you know, I, I I sometimes you know, it's an interesting question because I, sometimes I think about what I would be doing if I were not doing this, and. Um, when I was a kid, like when I was in my 20s, I said, man, if I was not doing music, I'd be up in Alaska. I'd be a fisherman. I don't know why. <laughs> I just thought I would be on a boat in Alaska because I figured that was where I would be. So um, I don't know. When I first discovered music, it like probably like everyone, like all of your listeners who are musicians, you know, it um, it clicked and um it really clicked big time i mean there was there was a lot as a child that was missing okay and that really was just a profound moment when i really was like wow you know this when i discovered the guitar you know and I, and i started i was able to play songs and 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 feeling you feeling yourself get better at playing music it's there's nothing like it so uh, I don't know that I have a purpose. I don't know. That, I don't. I don't view it as like as like a like a purpose thing. I just kind of think as think of it as like what I do. It's what I do. You know. Is the purpose you write different than the purpose of songwriting? Oh yeah, yeah. I I think that you know the purpose of a song is is to to not drag people down. Hopefully, like at least you should be able to offer people something of value or, or something not necessarily positive, but like in in that kind of sense, a little bit. That's perfect. So with with all your songwriting experience, what do you think the uh, future of songwriting is for young songwriters? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you got to um, uh, believe in yourself first and foremost and um, uh realize and this this actually goes across the board i think to to other you know artistic endeavors um we all have a lot more power today than than we realize i mean um oh yeah i mean yeah i think so i think that you can um you can reach a lot of people um by yourself really without much money and without a whole lot of help i mean obviously it helps to if you can get people involved, but, um, you know, you can, you can put your, you can put your stuff out there and, um, see what happens, see who responds, see, see, see what kind of, you know, see how you affect people. And, um, so I, I would just say, I mean, you can, I think that, I think the future belongs, um, to all of us, you know, we can all empower ourselves and, um, and we don't need, I mean, it, I, I think that there there's a tendency to think that we need people. And you do need people. But you can also do, you can do a lot by yourself. You can do a lot on your own. You can, um, you can record. You can post your music online. Um, you can share it with people. 
you can reach people, you can connect with people, you can collaborate with people, you can do all that stuff over the over the internet. You can do all that stuff with your phone. Yeah. So there's an enormous amount of um, power, and there are a lot of resources out there for the individual, you know, songwriter, singer, songwriter. So I think that's the future, and I think that, um, you know, uh, yeah, I think you got a lot of power. Okay, so I was um, looking online and checking your Facebook out. I saw that you had this songwriter channel that seems to go along with the theme of Uncontained quite a bit, helping people get information on how to uh, get their foot in the door, actually do something in the entertainment industry. And right now, is it true that you're looking for creators for that site? You're kind of in the infant stages, right? Um, yeah, that, that, that's right, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we all have more power than we realize. And so that's, um, uh, that, that's the reason for that um, songwriter channel. Uh, all right. .com. So, yeah. Uh, yes, we are looking for contributors. If somebody wants to contribute, how can they uh, get a hold of you? They can actually go to um, they can go to songwriterchannel.com and uh, and reach out. You know if they have content, uh, if they're songwriters. Okay, I'm looking at uh, the page right now. It says, "Can they send an email to info at songwriterchannel.com?" Yep, that'll work. Or just, it looks like there's a contact form too. So just go there, check it out, and uh, if you have something that you would like to contribute. Uh, get a hold of John. So, John, uh, I have a few questions that I ask all my guests here and uh, to help people get into the entertainment industry along with what your hopes are for Songwriter Channel. Um, what is some advice that you would like to share with somebody looking to get started in the entertainment industry or maybe take that next step? Um, surround yourself with only those who support and love you. Um, you know, uh, Buddha said it's better to travel alone than to travel with a fool. Okay. And, um, you know, surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up because you're going to need it. Um, uh, and pay attention. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say totally pay attention to the, the people you surround yourself with. Um, Treat people with respect because you never know. You know, we, we always sometimes we tend to think that, you know, when we're talking to someone that, oh, they, they, they can't do anything for us. And um, that really could be a devastating mistake because, you know, you never know who's moving up and who's moving down. And things are always changing. Things are always moving. So you should treat people with respect because that person tomorrow could they could hold your fate in their hands. And it's true. I've seen it actually. So also, you know, the thing is about people in this profession, they get really ambitious, really, really ambitious. And so don't lose yourself. Don't lose the best of who you are just because you think you need to, you know, um, cause you'll go farther. Um, if you play the long game and, and the long game is kind of a recognition that, you know, none of us are really here for all that long. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to be, you got to be, you got to be kind, be kind. 
You know, that sounds like really, really simple advice, but it is uh, as simple as it is. It is good. You know, it's <laughs> like it's great advice right there. And if it's that easy, like, you know, just surround yourself with people who, you know, support you and be be kind to the people that are around you. Great advice. And uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, now, what are you doing to promote yourself, John? Well, um, that's a good question. Um, I've got a, uh, a manager. Uh, she does a lot of the uh, promotion. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I try to – that's an excellent question, Aaron. You know, I try to focus on um, the, the craft – that I'm doing. Yeah. I, I try, I try to focus on the art and, um, I'll admit <laughs> I'm not the best marketer. Okay. I, I'm not. And, uh, a lot of people say, Oh, you got to, you know, this day and age you got to. And I guess it, to an extent it is true. It's really important for me to not like when I'm on stage, I really, I really enjoy that moment, you know? And, it's important for me to stay in that moment, that artistic space, that creative space, because that's that's what I'm bringing to people. And so it's it's so funny that, you know, the, these two things are so diametrically opposed. You know, the creation of art and the promotion of art are the fucking opposites. <laughs> They're not the same fucking thing at all. Very which true. Is, it's so it's so hard. And, it, and it's it's really why artists are tortured. It's why Van Gogh died with thousands of paintings and no one knew his name. And now everybody knows his name, you know, and it's like he um, he had his brother, Theo, who helped him really promote, who promoted him, actually, because he couldn't do it. He couldn't he could not do it. And when you look at Van Gogh's art, you realize why he couldn't do it, because he's an artist. Yeah. He's a true artist. He's a real artist. And so it's, it's, it's fucking tough, man. I don't know how I, you know, I have my website, you know, check out my website. There you go. I just promoted myself. All right. There you go. And also it's good to know what you're not good at so you can get other people involved that do have that skill, like your manager who may be more involved in promoting you than you are. Absolutely. I will say a, a partner really helps. There's a couple things that help if you're a singer songwriter. Um, certainly find, find someone that has skill sets and gifts that you don't have that can share this journey with you. If you can find that, share this mission with you, that would be a wonderful thing. And it's really very wonderful if you, <clears throat> if you can find a mentor in life. Or in, in your music or in your craft. Um, a mentor is really, really important. I had one. I was very blessed to have one. And um, it, it, I don't, you could study at the finest schools. You can learn the ins and outs of everything, but nothing will take the place. Nothing will substitute for a mentor, someone that you can watch, someone that you can look up to, someone that can offer you advice and guidance. Who's doing it? Who has done it? Who's older than you? If you, man, if you find someone that could be a mentor for you, you should, you should follow that person and just, and don't ask, I mean, just, and just, um, get out of their way so you can learn and, and observe. Don't ask them for anything 
but just be of service to them so they can teach you. That's that's a that's the best fucking gift you can ever have, really, if you're aspiring to anything, really, as a mentor, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And uh, sounds like you had one that really inspired you as you were growing up. I did. Now, you've been playing music for, you said, the last 20 years or so? Yep. Okay. Now, what is a highlight or two that you care to share uh, with the uncontained audience? A highlight or two. Um, I think that, you know, like the the moment that you're in is really critical. It's of critical importance, the moment that you're in. So um, if you can move from moment to moment and give each moment like – hundred percent of you, like that's, that's totally where you want to be. So I, um, I, I tend to, I really try to be in the space that I'm at, like on stage. So, I mean, for me, like the highlight is whatever moment I'm in, like for me, the highlight is this interview right now, you know, I just try to, um, <clears throat> I just try to like bring my all to, to every, every performance. Um, you know, and, and then when it, when it's gone, when it's gone, you know, on to the next thing. So, um, in a way, yeah, your highlight is great advice as well. <laughs> what's, that? what's that? I said, in a way, your highlight is your answer to the highlight is great advice as well. Oh, kind of live in the moment and, you know, be fully invested in what you're doing at the time. You know, I appreciate that so much, Aaron, because I was sure I was disappointing you with my answer. I was like, this answer sucks. They're not going to want this answer, but it's the truth. I really, I really like, I don't, I, I, mean, I try to be in the moment, 100%. Very uh, kind of, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'd say it's quite Buddhist, but Zen. Zen. Very Zen, That that's the word, yes. <clears throat> Zen is what I'm looking for. People don't necessarily focus on what's happening right now and are looking towards that end goal. And this summer I went to uh, this ID10T festival put on by Chris Hardwick and they had like a Nerdist podcast there, a live one. And I got to ask a, ask a question and Jonah Ray up there said something that kind of goes along with what you're saying. He's like, the entertainment business can be really hard. Uh, so celebrate all your victories, even the tiny ones. So it's like any victory deserves like celebration, live in that moment at the time, you know, don't, don't overlook the positive things. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent, Aaron. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. So I got a couple more questions left for you here. This one has to do with your audience. What do you want your audience to take away when they hear your music? What do you want them to remember or feel? Um, another good question. Um, uh, I want to affect them and I want to affect them in some way. And, and if I can do that, I'm very pleased. You're, uh, I mean, it's also, I guess, advice, you know, for upcoming singer songwriters. I mean, don't expect to please everybody. That's for damn sure. It's good for anybody in any field, really. Don't, yeah, right. you, you can't but, please but everybody. Hardest, but the hardest to learn, though, that one. Yes. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, and, um, uh, you know, yeah, like, so I was thinking about this. You know, the size of your audience 
is only one measure. But how do you affect people with your performances? And that that's that's a whole other thing. I mean, I've had I've had shows where you know, I thought maybe there weren't a lot of people there, but maybe a person, one person will come up to me at the end of the night or on a break and just I can see that the person is moved and I am moved and appreciative and humbled because they were moved. And it was powerful maybe for that one person. I didn't think anyone really was paying attention or something, or maybe I was being too hard on myself or there weren't a lot of people there, this, that, or the other thing. But you never know who's being affected. You never know. Um, People are affected in, in powerful ways all the time by what you do, and they may not share it with you. So assume the best, I would say, maybe presume the best. And, uh, and I would also say, you know, it's interesting, you know, you're asking a lot about advice. You know, I, I, um, I saw an interview with Buddy Guy, and the interviewer asked an excellent question. He said, what's the best advice Muddy Waters ever gave you? Because Buddy Guy played with Muddy Waters when he was young. Okay. And so, and so Buddy Guy said that Muddy Waters said, always give the audience the benefit of the doubt. And that's really advice that I, I would share with people. That That's excellent advice because sometimes you feel the audience isn't responding, right? Like they're not into it. And, yeah. uh, and, and you, it, it can, it can almost rattle you a little bit as a performer. You're like, like, what the fuck? You know, you're kind of upset a little bit, you know, because, you know, you put a lot of time, you put a lot of effort, put a lot of energy, put a lot of money into this moment to go and entertain someone. And you're like, you're feeling, they're not feeling it. They're not feeling you. Um, Muddy Water says, always give them the benefit of the doubt. And if you do that, um, you'll be much happier as a performer. And you'll give yourself the opportunity to affect those people that really resonate with what you do. So, So just in a nutshell, stay positive. That that can. is some very wise advice. Deep, like, deep advice. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I think that <clears throat> statement also runs truer when you have a small crowd, because yeah. bigger crowds, you know, people are more free, feel free to express themselves and express their enjoyment. But when it's like a small crowd, like you're playing in a small intimate venue or something like that, and there's like five, ten people there, and they could be really digging your music just like bobbing their head, but they aren't gonna like get up and cheer because they're too self-conscious. Yeah. So you're right. That, yeah, very, very good advice, whether it's music, stand-up, comedy, or anything that you have a crowd in. Yep. So I got one final question coming your way, John. But before yep. we get to that, where can people find you online? Where Where is your social media? Where your website? Let people know how they can contact you or hear your music. Okay. Well, my handle is just my name, John Coa. Um, and uh, my website is also just my name, John Coa. So you can find me... Um, at John Coa. <laughs> yeah, you can find me any one of those places, uh, johncoa.com uh, and my social media handles as well. All Same right. thing. All right, great. And if you're a contributor uh, that wants to contribute to the Songwriter channel, uh, can they just message you through Facebook? Absolutely. 
All right, perfect. So the final question of the show is the title question of the show. John Coa, how do you live uncontained? How do I live uncontained? Um, uh, don't pander um, to the audience. That's a big one. You know, like uh, be careful of meeting um, the expectations of others and be careful of meeting what you anticipate will be your audience's expectations because you're probably wrong and you're probably sacrificing your true audience if you do that if you if you yeah if it sounds so cliche you know be true to yourself but um be very careful of expectations because they are like they're like chains they are like chains and you don't want to be chained it's a whole point of your show so be free um allow maybe i fuck man maybe allow yourself to fail you know what i mean and do what you want to do big time as an artist 100 percent. do what you want to do and if people don't like it they don't have to like it you know <laughs> it's okay <laughs> great man great and you know i've heard like you know you're not don't pander you can't please everyone but i haven't Put, heard it put quite that way where you're like if you pander you might alienate your true audience by trying to be something that you're not to get there so thank you for sharing thank you for you know giving me there you shared a lot of deep advice with the uncontained audience thank you for joining me on the show today i have one final thing for you to do john i always have my guests sign off the show Will you do me the honor of signing off the show today? Absolutely. First of all, Aaron, thank you so much for having me on your show today. I really appreciate it. Of course. I am John Koa, and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to John Koa for hanging out with us and sharing his story and some great advice for you as well. And if you'd like to help the show out, please uh, go to uncontainedpod.com. Click the Amazon banner at the top of the page. If you have any Amazon shopping to do, just continue as usual and you'll help the show out that way. Nothing extra out of your pocket, just a single click of the mouse. So uh, thank you for listening and until next time, live uncontained.